Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Jonathan and Benjamin. They're co-founders at Creator Plus. Guys, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, Kevin. Yeah, I'm thanks, Kevin. It's, it's, it's great to be here today. Yeah, I'm excited to have you guys on the show. I think what you guys are doing at Creator Plus is actually really innovative and cool. But maybe before we get into that, Let's get to know each one of you a little bit better. And maybe, Jonathan, do you want to go first? Maybe give us a little background on I know, where you grew up, where you went to school, and then maybe um, your career with some career highlights. And, and then I'll let Benjamin do the same, and then we'll dive into how you guys met and uh, what exactly Creator Plus is. Happy to. Thanks. And thanks again for, for having me, Kevin. So uh, I'm Jonathan Shambroom, and I grew up in New York, uh, and I went, I went to Connecticut College, uh, where I was an English major and really enjoyed uh, studying liberal arts. But I also had one of the first Mac uh, computers in my dorm, and was always fascinated with computers and felt destined to to do something related to technology. And c coming out of school um, as an English major, but having then studied business a bit. Um, it was early 90s. I was in San Francisco and multimedia was was just being born. Um, I, I saw the debut of QuickTime, moving pictures on, on a computer and interactivity in its earliest form. And I just knew it was for me. And I was I was really in the right place at the right time. I got into an early tech startup doing video games and oh, interesting. and I was hooked. And, you know, I had I had kind of skilled up related to multimedia at the time, but I came in through the product side and the, it was a boutique uh, video game company um, in South Park of San Francisco. And I, I worked there for four years. Um, I, I had great fortune of working with top people. And what I, what I really enjoyed was the creative process in a technical environment for a business outcome and software development, was um, enthralling, and what, during those years, the internet burst onto the onto the scene. You know, Mosaic and the Netscape went public, and the web was here. And you know, the video game company kind of was catching the tail end of that. Um, and during my four years there, I shipped a lot of shrink wrap products, went through a lot of product development, um, knew that I loved it. And then with the web, we started making games that had downloadable characters and additional things you could you could add from the web and I, the web just had captivated you know most of the bay area and from that uh, moment on the first, the video game company got acquired um, which was great and i then went uh, with my boss who had, had founded a web startup um, in 97 and i've stayed on the web ever since and I continued to, to stay on the product side, um, you know, with 
with startup after startup and just loving it, mostly in the entertainment and media space, almost all consumer facing. And to just shorten the story a bit, um, Creator Plus is now my 10th tech startup. Uh, wow, that's awesome. I, you know, thank you. Um, I keep doing it because I love it. Um, I did try uh, a few years on the investing side. I had a stint as a VC in an early stage um, investment firm called Launch Capital, but that largely served to you know, reinforce my, my preference for building and operating. And, but I, I love the people that are attracted to startups. Um, you know, being able to work with Ben, it, it's amazing. It's, you know, Creator Plus, I'll, I'll say unabashedly, it's my favorite startup of all to date. And uh, of my previous startups, my first eight were all VC backed um, and all eight of them got acquired, which is, a, you know, a great run. Not all of them were wow. the same, you know, positive outcome. Most of them were very positive. You know, some were hits and some of them were acquisitions, you know, without any financial outcome. Um, so I've seen this, you know, I've seen this, the story go, you know, every different direction. I've been through fundraise almost at every single company. And I just, I love the creative process and I love, you know, working with just top caliber people. And, um, you know, Ben and I can, we can tell, you know, the story of how we met and got connected and started to build Creator Plus. Um, but it's, um, it, it's an exciting time. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate you know, this, this company and, you know, the opportunity Ben and I have to build it, but, uh, I'm a, I'm a tech startup guy came up through the product side. Um, you know, some of the exits just, you know, for the sake of adding names, uh, Evite was one of my first companies, um, oh, you know, right. I ran products so early days related to social networking, you know, fat, uh, did other social networking companies, um, tagged.com, which was the third largest behind Facebook. And LinkedIn, um, and then a, a startup in the social video space called Grouper, uh, which Sony Pictures bought, and it's now Crackle and still alive. And yeah, that cool. was a that was a great experience. It was the early days of online video. Grouper was started just nine months after YouTube started, and we were acquired by Sony just six weeks before Google bought YouTube. So the wow. early days. And, you know, that was a, a connection Ben and I had of, of having worked in, you know, the space of, of online video, working with creators and working with, you know, earlier even with user generated content um, and seeing all the cycles of technology um, and, and the web and consumer behavior. So um, it was kind of an epic connection when when Ben and I met. But let me let me turn it over to Ben so you can hear his story, which is even better than mine. Sure. Go ahead, Ben. Thanks, Jonathan, and uh, thanks, Kevin, again for for having us today. Uh, I mean, so on my end, I was uh, born in San Francisco, grew up in the Bay Area, went to school back east uh, at Syracuse, uh, tracked there for their communication school. But when I grew up in the Bay Area, I got involved at a young age in uh, journalism, uh, so I had experience working for some of the newspapers in the Bay Area, uh, television company, KBR Radio. Uh, so I was dabbling in the different fields and trying to figure out which which I actually like best. And in school, um, I got interested in the internet. This is still in the late 90s. And so the part that was attractive to me was that very few people actually could claim t 10 years of experience in, in that area. Um, right. So it just seemed like a lot of people were kind of like learning together. And so post-school, 
the idea of actually, you know, not having to like spend 10, 15 years and like prove yourself and work your way up, but rather just get onto it. Um, seemed a lot more attractive to me and uh, had a lucky break and get an internship with Yahoo. Um, it was actually it placed me overseas in Singapore. Uh, and that's when I was in school. And then that, that turned into a full-time job uh, straight out of school leading Yahoo broadcast. Uh, so early days yeah. internet in Asia cool. and more of a, a B2B kind of focus than the consumer. So did that for a number of years, uh, joined eBay, led marketing in parts of Asia launching eBay in a couple of countries across Southeast Asia, help uh, get the team you know, hired uh, for marketing in, in Hong Kong, worked there in cross-border trade, and then stayed in Hong Kong, worked at Turner Broadcasting. Uh, we got deeper into online gaming uh, from you know, small-scale kind of web and mobile games to you know, large-scale multi-million dollar massively multiplayer online games. And so building out, uh, I mean, today we talk about like the metaverse. It was like early days of virtual worlds and uh, and those environments and experimenting with storytelling through interactive um, interactive entertainment interactive gameplay and uh, also experimenting with how IP gets formed online and how you can build a IP franchise that resonates with consumers where they want to spend money you know on that and so um, did that for a number of years and then joined Google. Uh, initially to lead marketing for YouTube across Asia focused on on the creator side of the house so the supply side and just getting people in the region to recognize that you know YouTube actually had economic opportunity um, and moved into a content role worked on the launch of YouTube kids um, and uh, worked on education and news and then came back to the states in 2015 took on a global role managing the top creative partnerships team um, and spun out of the company in early 18. And, um, you know, to, to stay focused actually in the creator ecosystem, uh, having a hand in, you know, advisory and incubating new companies, but also investing in early stage, um, a mix of enterprise and consumer focused companies that, uh, you know, enterprise more tech and tools, uh, supporting creators and then consumers more emerging, emerging consumer platform opportunities in, in the space. Um, yeah, and then you know, Creator Plus, you know, something that uh, I think the idea of kind of working with creators as storytellers uh, and helping them kind of evolve their storytelling prowess and uh, you know, connecting that actually with a consumer audience that they've gone into mass and, and built some substantial kind of engagement. Um, you know, something I'd seen over the years in, in different forms. Um, and last year, I'd say that the stars aligned and Jonathan and I were able to, to meet, come together and, and get the company founded off the ground. Interesting. Okay, so let's talk about how did you guys meet and then let's dive into you guys brainstorming and come up with the idea of Creator Plus and then we'll get into what exactly it is. Sure. So, I mean, we, we, we met through a mutual, uh, a mutual friend, an ex, ex colleague okay. of mine from, from YouTube. And, um, so that, 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 that was a connection. I I'm, I'm in Los Angeles, Jonathan's up in, uh, up in Northern California. Um, and so given the pandemic, you know, we, uh, were, I mean, everyone's working remote last year. Uh, yeah. so we, we met through a series of video calls and, cool. uh, you know, yeah, just talk, talking very high level about, you know, uh, you know, tech startups, the ecosystem and where things are kind of at. And, um, 
yeah and then I, then more specifically in, in what's become kind of creator plus they talked about that and the opportunity um and, and shape that actually over you know a series of, of video calls uh you know then i remember jonathan actually saying you know excited to kind of to dig deeper and actually make this the next thing he's working on and it's like maybe we should actually meet in person at least once uh, before <laughs> we kind of like totally formalize this and it's like yeah that could be a good idea so we we, we had dinner down in la um which was a uh a, a good night and um yeah but went, th went through the entire fundraise process and actually building up the initial core team all through video calls wow um, so just the the the, the, the sign of times i guess during the pandemic when you're not doing a lot of face-to-face -face. but um yeah we had you know really good mix of investors from outside the u.s and yeah i think maybe another time it would have been hopping on a plane and jetting around and meeting folks face to face. But yeah, the benefit, you know, of, of last year is yeah, you know, we were able to to to, to stay home and, and just do it through video calls. Interesting. So how did you oh go ahead, yeah. sorry. Uh you know, from my, you know, you know, back to back startup experiences, um, you know, pre-COVID, they're so intensely about the people and the chemistry, just as a as as a starting point. Um, you know, the early team. And, you know, Ben, as you mentioned, you know, Ben and I had, God, you know, sometimes nightly or, you know, many times a week, long calls. And, you know, we were doing the whole get to know you process, you know, through video, which had some convenience, but it was, it's really just a classic, you know, COVID startup from, you know, us as founders make, you know, meeting and, and form formulating the, the idea, you know, riffing on that. And then as Ben mentioned, we did the entire fundraise, you know, virtually, and even uh, almost all of our initial hires, you know, done virtually um, as well. So, uh, you know, one for one for the pandemics, you know, storybook. Sure. So I'm curious then, how did you guys basically decide that you want to co-found this and then actually start recruiting people because it's re a real challenge to get to know people over the phone, right? Or video call. Do you have advice for, for that? Huh. Um, I mean, I, uh, I, I came to it calibrated from, you know, a career's worth of, of startup experiences, founding teams, you know, as reference and a clear view of what I'm looking for and, and what do I have to offer. And the more Ben and I talked, the more convicted I became that it's a perfect fit um, because we, we shared a lot of values and a lot of vision for the opportunity. And we came to it from very different um, you know, backgrounds that are very complementary and, and both sides are needed. Um, I mean, Ben, ben has worked with creators really his whole career um, right. on the content side, content programming, marketing, commercialization of content in, you know, in the, some of the best, you know, places, you know, YouTube, Yahoo, Turner, eBay. And I'm from the tech startup side, building platforms, um, consumer experiences, entertainment related and scaling um, and growing and, you know, building startups and it just, it just clicked. Um, and, you know, you have to go in eyes wide open, but we had, 
many conversations um, where we were just making sure that we were aligned on the, you know, the business model, the type of organization to build, the type of people, the roles. I mean, we we were exhaustive and in, in, in you know exploring a lot of the big decisions. You know, we both know we're we're making in in our first years. Um, you know, and, and a lot of it was around the fundraise too. Um, you know, something that we're we're both very you know familiar with from both sides of raising or you know investing and. You know, it was just a great fit. Oh, very cool. So I'm curious to know, how did you guys come up with the idea for Creator Plus and what exactly is it? Uh, that's a, that's this, that's our starting point. You know, Ben, do you want to share some of the history of what you had seen and, and how it informed you, you know, as, as we started our conversations? Yeah. So I'd say like, I mean, for me, it, some of it kind of goes back to the to, to the days at Turner. Um, I was I was referencing before and actually working with you know young content creators that were you know developing new IP online, and you know you know at the time you know it was operating within in, in Time Warner and now now it's Warner Media, uh, but a company that you know is adapting kind of books, comics, and other things into film and television. But did not have a big track record or gaming actually ip as well but did not have a big track record or really one at all i would say kind of at the time of um you know digital first ip that then could be turned into a substantial kind of brand and franchise um but i i was lucky to kind of work on something in asia that has actually stood up over time you know developed in uh you know, 2008 and st still still going today um and so I'd seen that kind of firsthand and in, in where, you know, effort kind of um, you know, put, put into that foundation could have, you know, payoff for, for years to come. And when I joined YouTube and was working with creators, I was, uh, you know, seeing a lot of similarities of the folks I was working on my 200 days to folks at YouTube, but then they also brought this community building uh, you know, element that I had not kind of seen before in say traditional media uh, and how that was actually developing itself or organically. Uh, so there are certain things that they were creators were bringing to the table there and then other elements that uh, were kind of gaps. And I had worked on that a bit, you know, when I was at YouTube and kind of fill in some of those gaps or you know, see, seeing where things can kind of go. And you know, I used to enjoy kind of asking creators, you know, about their hopes and ambitions and uh, just to kind of see like, how far out were they kind of thinking. Uh, and some would, you know, tell me that they had aspirations to be a filmmaker. Uh, and I was like, great. So like, what are you doing to kind of further that goal? Uh, set that kind of in motion and I was also thinking about like what what is the role for YouTube to kind of play you know in in, in that uh, you know career goal and there there's some challenges you know operating a global tech platform uh, that is not necessarily kind of producing content uh, but is it really the one distributed and monetizing that and then there are certain things that again creators needed support some hand-holding and guidance on um, you know, from that side so i just saw like their their reach and their resonance with consumers was pretty strong um and it kind of struck me that it's like well there's you know, stories to be told and uh there's some constraints maybe in some of these you know ad supported platforms and the type of story that you would actually lean in and go and tell and just what's economically feasible uh but seeing how you know creators have evolved over the you know last 10 10 15 years and found other ways to monetize outside of ads um 
And I was just of the view that, you know, I think if you're telling a certain kind of story in a certain way, uh, you know, consumers will actually show up and, and, and pay for that. Um, but it needs to be differentiated from what you're offering for free and ad supported today. Uh, so how to go about how to go about that. And then the other side was actually just around that, that IP kind of building and commercialization outside of the content. Um, you know, so, so there, there's like that aspect to it. I think then the other side was, you know, seeing on the, on the means of delivery, there's other kind of platforms today where you can go off and distribute content. Uh, but as the content kind of producer, uh, you're somewhat uh, disintermediated from um, the, the end consumer. It, it's the it's the platform's kind of relationship, uh, and you distribute through them. So like you could have subscribers on YouTube, but those are all controlled by YouTube, and th they they don't hand those over to you to then start you know managing yourself directly so that you can take that elsewhere out, outside of YouTube. Um, so I think what, you know, something I, I thought about for a while was where you can actually kind of empower some of the creators to actually have that relationship and direct access to that. Um, and then I think the other side is just the economics of, you know, how to incentivize and, 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 and you know, when there's success and upside, how, how to, um, uh, you know, have that go, go, go down to, to the consumer. So the thought there was, it's like, well, it's not just about making the content, it's also about how you, how you deliver it. And so having a hand in both the tech platform element and also the content development and content studio side uh, seem to be pretty important. Um, now as a young startup can be seen to be rather audacious, um, but it was like, well, uh, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't go and pursue it just because it's audacious. Um, and so that's you know, what, what Jonathan and I you know, talked about a lot was like, how do you take a, a pretty broad Kind of view of things and something that some people would actually say is rather audacious but then turn it into kind of practical uh next steps uh where you can actually have this get realized and, and come together as a company very cool so as a creator how do creators actually use the platform Um, ben, I, I, I can take that, and I think a good starting point for that is, um, you know, even a, a, a restatement of what Creator Plus is, because um, the, you know, how, how we got here, um, you know, and, and all the, the firsthand experience that Ben had is pretty unique. Um, and, you know, it led us to, by the way, if you, if you, if you hear the dog barking, that's just because he loves this podcast in the background. Um, we are both a content studio and our own distribution platform, you know, and, and we're, we've built both. And that's the audacity that, that, you know, we're talking about. It's an ambitious, you know, undertaking. Um, and so, yep, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so do you, get creators applying to be part of the platform? Do you go seek creators out and then ask them to be on the platform? A bit of both, or how does that work? Uh, it's a bit of both. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll explain the content studio side, which, you know, which is where that lives. And that is, we wanted to build the best, you know, studio with, um, but with the lean 
you know, mentality of a tech startup. So we have a head of studio, we have a head of development who is co uh, constantly sourcing and, you know, talking with writers, directors, producers, scripts, material, um, that IP that's out there. We are both inbound, um, you know, it, we're, we live in this dual flow of, of people seeking us out um, and coming to us. And we're also actively engaging, you know, across the spectrum of talent from creators to, to material, identifying people and projects that we want to work with. But, you know, just to state again, this our starting point, we want to give creators access and opportunity that they, that they haven't really had before to make film, to do a long form story and to offer it directly to their audience in a transactional way. So our first window on our, on our platform is PVOD, premium VOD, where people pay to stream the movie um, that is you know, featuring a creator and the creator as a filmmaker, uh, frequently it's creator as a director, first time director or producer um, or even writer. There are lots of ways that creators can be involved, but primarily a creator that has had a passion for film and wanted to tell long form stories has the opportunity to do so. And because we have the studio and our own distribution platform, we, have, we control all of the economics around the business and we can architect that and, and we have in a way to be very uh, aligned with the creator. You know, our name is Creator Plus. We treat creators as equal partners. We're financing films and in a modest budget range, you know, one to $2 million. And after we've recouped that capital, we're sharing that revenue on the back end equally with creators. And, and that's, that's been very well received. That's, that's pretty new for, for creators. And it's also unlimited. And, you know, for creators that have very large followings, we want to, you know, incentivize them to actively, you know, promote and get their audience, you know, aware and excited about their film uh, because they're, you know, they're a co-partner co -par with us in it with uh, an equal back-end upside. So I think that speaks to a little bit, how does a creator, um, you know, participate with us? It, it could be in a variety of roles on a film, but primarily it's, you know, starring in a feature-length film, a 90-minute movie, um, and they may also be producing it. Or, or even directing it. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're making that possible for creators. Interesting. No, very, very cool. So how does that work then if I have a large following and you reach out to me or I reach out to you, it doesn't really matter. Do we come up with a film together? Does the creator have to submit an idea? Do you have a idea, a bit of both? How does that work? It definitely can go in in all of those different uh, you know patterns. Okay. Frequently, a, a creator might come to us with an idea. Here's a here's a story I've always wanted to tell. Um, and you know one of one of our goals is that we become the first place that creators think of when they when they realize God I've always wanted to do a, a film. I've got this great idea tucked away in my sock drawer. I know. Wow. Creator Plus is now a viable, you know, place for a partner for me to go take it to. Um, but we also look at creators 
and we see the talent you know in the creator set out there and there's a wide variety variety of creator types i mean ben knows this you know better than anybody uh, and you know specifically the combination of a creator who has that artistic and creative um, chops and the ability to act and desire to be in a film combined with you know a large enough audience to be a you know a meaningful starting point for us i, I should say we have our own marketing budgets that we bring to every film that go above and beyond a creator's own you know reach to across their social graph um, but the the way that it plays out of you know pairing material and a script with a specific creator uh, it, it goes in a variety of ways and we've already seen that play out in our early content slate very cool so do you also help a film get on Netflix or Hulu or any other of those platforms? Or is that really dependent on the project? Or, or how does distribution outside of Creator Plus and my following go? The first window is on Creator Plus on our okay. platform, which, which spans mobile and web and connected TV. Um, we're starting with an iOS and Android app, um, and you'll be able to cast it to TV as well. And you know, again, a lot of this is is rooted in our context. Our audience is primarily Gen Z, you know, thirteen right. to twenty year olds, um, and we know that they just live in in mobile. Um, and we're, we've done, and we still do, constant research to make sure we understand how they consume. You know, what what are they interested in, and the first window on Creator Plus, you know, is our focus. Beyond that, yes, we will then distribute it in secondary windows across the, the channels and platforms that exist across, you know, geographies all over the world. And there's an incredible variety of them. And we want to maximize that because the more reach and the more revenue a film can achieve, it's equally good for the creator it's as it is for creator plus and that also ties into the kinds of stories that we want to tell and specifically we want to have impact we want to tell stories that matter um, and we want them you know to travel far and wide so yes we will seek distribution across a, a lot of the popular platforms today uh, but only after it debuts and premieres you know in the pbod window on creator plus Got you. Okay. That makes sense. So do you want to maybe give us some uh, ideas or, or films that you've already put out and, and the topics they're on? Just talk about some of the content you've already created. Sure. The first film is called Jane. Uh, you know, I can share okay. all details around it because we, we've announced it, um, so it's public sure. knowledge. Uh, you know, we announced this in April, and Jane is uh, coming out next year, um, and, you know, we're, we're really delighted with uh, the material and the cast. It stars Madeleine Petch, um, you know, who, who's the lead in uh, the series Riverdale. Uh, it, it has Chloe Bailey in it as well in a supporting role and Chloe and, and her sister Haley are, you know, rising pop sensations. They're on Beyonce's label as musicians, five time nominated Grammy artist. 
Um, it has an Oscar winner in it, Melissa Leo, who won Best Supporting Actress in uh, The Fighter, Mark Wahlberg, and, and other you know, great people beyond that. And you know, Madeline and Chloe, uh, you know, they're phenomenal in it. Um, the film wrapped uh, in its production phase, you know, principal photography finished over the summer. You know, we're, we're editing it now and it's gonna come out um, in early, early spring, probably the beginning of, of Q2 next year. So that's our first film. And it has a first time director in it, Sabrina Jaglom, um, who, you know, was great, uh, who is the writer and director. Madeleine, as the lead, is also a first-time producer in it. So, you know, we feel great with, with our first project, you know, really showing the variety of ways a creator can, you know, participate in the film, act, produce, um, you know, giving opportunity to, to new talent. And it's, it's consistent with wanting to give creators that access and that opportunity. Um, you know, we're at a high level, we're placing bets on, on creators as talent that we think can, can do more than just the short form that, um, you know, they're so, they're so famous for, uh, but we, we see in them the potential for, you know, for full features. Uh, so Jane is the first one and it's, it's a psychological thriller. It's a dark thriller, but the subject matter it centers around mental health and the pressures that adolescents face in high school, living in social media, applying to colleges, competitiveness, and uh, you know the issues that they have to grapple with um, in that journey. Very, very cool. Um, so I'm curious then, you, you mentioned you guys raised money to actually build the platform and, and set up the studio up and everything. What made you guys decide to raise money? Because it sounds like you probably could have self-funded or did you do a little bit of both? Or what made you decide to actually raise money? Well, so I, um, we raised $12 million for the company and, and had that round close earlier this year. And so the, the financing that, that we secured uh, is to give us you know, the ability to build up the platform that Jonathan was talking about and also uh, put put in motion and start producing a, a slate of films. Uh, you know, I think as we are bringing the films to market in 2022, you know, it's important to us to actually kind of demonstrate this uh, direct consumer model and, and premium VOD content um, and, and actually working with creators and, and the ways in which we're you know, partnering with them to actually engage their community uh, through that that Peabody kind of window, and it's something that we felt we didn't want to be doing this just off the back at the, uh, the back or the basis of one film, uh, right. but actually to have have you know multiple films actually put into market next year, and you know as we're able to you know test and refine you know our approach uh, to then you know, look at you know further expansion you know of the business both here in the North America region, but also you know given the global nature. You know, of the creator ecosystem and, and the partners that have actually backed us, you know, there there's a a global ambition, uh, you know, that that we have actually for the the content, the stories, and the creators that we actually want to be, you know, the stories we want to be telling, and the creators that we actually want to be working with. No, that's that's very cool, and I think the fact that you're basically allowing 
because well let's be honest here not everybody could shoot a full feature uh film just because sometimes it's just lack of resources money and probably a handful of other things so you're basically leveling the playing field and allowing you know anybody that has a good story to tell the ability to tell it right at a basic simple level is that fair to say yeah, sure. So I, I think like before, again, if I just go back to some of my experience at YouTube and things I've kind of seen in the market here in, in LA is that, uh, you know, there, I think for, for certain types of content and how it's kind of distributed, there's an expectation of, of quality and some, yeah. you know, equate quality to what it costs to make. Uh, uh, so then you also get into higher budget things. And then it's like, well, do I trust the person that I'm going to be working with that they can actually manage something at that budget level. Have they actually done that before? Right, so you have some of these, um, the, these ceilings that you kind of have to break through and you need kind of the experience uh, to then kind of show, you know, folks that that you're you're capable to uh, be trusted actually with the, uh, with the budget, but also maybe the oversight of, of a larger kind of crew. And so I think where we're trying to show up is to lean in and provide that opportunity for people rather than kind of say you don't have it so therefore we don't quite believe that you actually are capable so as jonathan's kind of said before you know in our first film you know we're off offering or we've provided kind of roles and opportunities that are first for for some of those folks in, in their career um so say that, that that that's on that side and i think then with you know some of the creators and the you know again, the, the ad supported kind of models and what's economically feasible uh you have you know productions or crew sizes that are are matched to that that advertising based model right but then when you get into the transactional model and and then the secondary distribution that that we're looking at uh, you know, there's a, a path of where you can actually be investing more uh you know in, into those productions and so that that is a it's a rather big step up I think for some of the creators that we're actually working with, I think if we're dealing with folks that have spent their career in kind of traditional Hollywood entertainment, you know, they, they would consider our budgets to be, you know, uh, micro. Uh, but I think from the context of a creator, it is a uh, incredible uh, jump in in um, you know both budget and resources that that we're actually offering. And so we know that these creators have actually been very successful kind of again, building communities on an organic basis and, and engaging that that audience base on, on a much lower kind of price point. And so our view is, is that, you know, as we kind of increase this uh, budget actually on content and bring that to market, you know, we, we can put a, a price point around that. Um, and, and there's gonna be a fair exchange between, you know, us and the creators and then the consumers. Um, and provided that, that that actually does play out you know, we can make that kind of repeatable and, and, and we, we continue on. No, I, I think that's actually really innovative and, and it's cool that you guys are, are doing this. But I'm curious then, how has COVID kind of changed things in the creator space? And, and maybe not, obviously there's a ton of negatives, but is there any positives that have come out of you know just even in your guys's case like you met virtually eventually you met yep. for dinner you guys obviously got funding remote so i think like more and more things the world seems to have gotten smaller and what are your thoughts around the space and creating content especially in the film space 
how has it kind of changed the landscape? Yeah, so I I, I kind of have a view. I, I don't know if this company actually would have been formed uh, had it not really been for the pandemic. Um, and so I think, you know, last year at, as as movie theaters actually were shuttered, um, you know, so the, the theatrical kind of box office, uh, you know, decline at, at a pretty, pretty large level. And so I think one of the things there is it's like, you know, our consumers going to return back to the theater at the levels they were, you know, pre-pandemic. There's, you know, lot, lots of smart people out there that kind of say, no, um, you know, we, we, we kind of share that view. And, you know, so there, there is, uh, you know, billions of dollars of consumer spend to be redistributed. Now, do uh, consumers still actually enjoy, you know, uh, re receiving a story in a in a long form uh, manner, so th through through a uh, through a feature film, our, our view there is yes. Uh, but you know, are they showing the propensity to actually want to consume that in a differentiated way than going in their car and, and going to movie theater and, and sitting in the theater to then receive that? Our view is yes. You know, J Jonathan and I are both parents, and we have young kids, and you know, we were also remarking a lot last year that our our kids love watching film. None of them actually have any romantic notion of wanting to watch a film in a movie theater. So we also get that kind of um, that group as as they kind of age up. And uh, the, the the view there is it's like, well, if they don't have it now, are they really going to have it later? Um, or it's just it's just not, it's not going to be there like it was for for previous generations. And so they'll want to consume, they'll want to actually engage. You know, th their their notion of a of a star is one that they actually know more so from online than from traditional kind of media means. And uh, so if we just, you know, play that out over the next decade, um, you know, we, we, we think it's a, it's a, it's a fair, fair bet to make that we're playing into where, you know, consumer, you know, attitudes and sentiment are kind of going than what we're trying to protect some legacy model. Um, so I think a lot of that was just kind of brought to the forefront last year. And, you know, I've also kind of say that just from conversations I have with folks pre-pandemic that would express interest in the financing film and working with creators, but it was always around like she then getting, the, getting that film into a movie theater. And then for that, then it's like, well, it needs to be done at a $15 million budget. And then for that, then I need to kind of trust that I can, or I, I need to believe that I can trust the creator and the things I was talking about before, right? And so it just cancels a lot of people kind of out. Right. Right? Yeah, so we're going into fair. this and saying like, you can actually you can tell a great story and make a great product. You don't need to be doing it for fifteen million dollars uh, or or more. And um, uh, yeah, so I think from from that side is is where we saw you know th things kind of change in the market, and um, it seemed to be opportunistic you know for us to, uh, to 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 play into that. And that's you know kind of how we saw a lot of the investors that have backed us you know b believed in that as well. No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I agree with you. I think, obviously, I think certain people for probably even certain movies will want to go see it in a theater. Other people will want to maybe watch it on their phone and then go to the theater or uh, some sort of combination, right? It seems to me anyway that people will consume part of a movie on their phone, maybe, and then they might cast their TV for part of the time. And like, it's, we're constantly just kind of, switching devices sometimes right and screen sizes so right. i think accommodating that makes a lot of sense right yeah. go ahead John. Right. I, I i totally agree and you know again from the lens of starting with our audience and how like their behavior their consumption and their values you know the pandemic accelerated this 
this shift to you know consuming from home for a lot of people right. but we see that that trend was in play you know before the pandemic for gen z you know it's just a it's right. just a it's, you know mobile native generation um I, I wanted to add one one aspect of creator plus because it's it's so tied into the, our audience and also values of the company and you know in the same way that we're giving creators an opportunity um, that, that they might not have in, in lots of other places. Another value that Creator Plus is really, you know, has woven into our DNA is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I say that because, you know, it influences, you know, some nature of the stories that we tell. And, you know, from the get-go, we've had a head of diversity, equity, and inclusion, both helping us think about stories um, and people, uh, but also specifically wanting to cultivate, um, you know, talent. And we've had a program live that we just announced in September and it's live called Flip the Script. And, uh, you know, our, our own Ben O'Keefe, who's running that program, uh, helped us architect this, which is a short film fund for BIPOC film creators. And we are funding six BIPOC filmmakers to create a short. And we're giving each one of them up to $25,000 and then helping them produce a short. And, you know, it's a great development program uh, for talent, uh, but it also is just consistent with us, you know, seeking creators um, who are more diverse than ever today and young audiences themselves are more diverse than ever, and they also care more about diversity, um, you know, and and you know, impact today. So that's um, that's an aspect of you know how are projects coming to us. We have we have uh, filmmakers that are applying for that program, uh, you know, still um, with with a with a great you know first first class that is that is shaping up right now. No, very cool. And I'm also assuming then, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that from idea to actually starting production is probably a lot faster than getting a traditional film kind of to production. Is that fair to say? Uh, we've had that feedback so far. <laughs> you know, I think there's a, a wide variety of, you know, reference points for it. Um, but, sure. you know, we, we, we formed the company you know, you know, announced our fundraise um, in, in March or April and, you know, had our first film into production, um, you know, and it's coming out, you know, basically a year later. Um, yeah, that does strike a lot of people as being as being pretty quick. No, I I, I think that's that's really great, but we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So how about we close with mentioning where people can get more information about Creator Plus and any other links you want to mention? Absolutely. So creatorplus.com, uh, C-R-E-A-T-O-R-P-L-U-S.com is our site. Um, and you can uh, email uh, careers at creatorplus.com. Um, and there's, you know, a wide variety of ways to work with us. And, you know, we we welcome um, input, you know, across across the board. So we'd love to hear from you, um, you know, and especially if you're 
you know, if you have, uh, you know, film ideas and aspirations, uh, let us know. Very cool. Well, guys, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show. I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, guys. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.